Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And you are listening to Coast to Coast AM. Hey there, I'm Connie Willis, talking with Lynn Buchanan, one of the old psychic spies. And when I say all, I mean O-L-E, right? Uh, But I do know you are retired, which, okay, I understand you're retired from some things. To me, it doesn't really seem like you're retired because you're still working with your online courses and, and, you know, doing that and even speaking and doing Beyond Belief with us and things like that. Uh, but I guess you would call yourself retired, right? And what, what does one do when they're retired from all the adventurous stuff that you have done, Lynn? Listen, I get up in the morning and I go to work and uh, usually around 6 or 7 go to start working. And if I can finish by one in the evening, you know, what by one the next morning, I'm doing good. Um, oh, the next morning, okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, wow. I just, I just spend all my time working. Um, <clears throat> well, uh, you know, my wife died recently, and uh, uh, I have seen too many times when a uh, wife will die and the husband just sits around and mopes and within six months he's he dies he dies too and that's just not going to happen so i've got too much to do and um my students help me stay busy all the time because they still have all these questions and everything so uh you know it works it works out Well, you know, speaking of that, and Linda was a great lady. She was so intelligent. I was like, wow, she's more intelligent than Lynn. How is that? <laughs> she had a great sense. <laughs> what? The uh, friend of mine, uh, one of my best friends, was the retired uh, commander of the USS Enterprise, the ship, <laughs> not the spaceship. But uh, he was over here, and and I just happened to mention we were talking about the uh, Navy vertical takeoff and landing planes. And uh, I said, you know, who did the programming for the maintenance on all of those programs and all of the Navy airplanes? It was Linda. Wow. Yeah. She's amazing. She was amazing. Very nice, too, and loved you and took care of you. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Just super. Now... And speaking of that, you did a lot of targets on Afterlife. Did that help you with her passing uh, to have knowledge of where she would have went? Or or what did you learn from that? What, what can you talk to about that? Well, of course, it didn't help me with the loss. But, of you course know, not. Um, but, you know, the um, sessions, um, when... When they were training me, uh, they found out that I just would avoid even looking at death or anything, you know, related with death. And uh, so uh, one of the other viewers started giving me targets uh, of people and, you know, you never know what the target is. It's it's always sealed in an envelope or something like that. And uh, they would give me people targets and then move me forward in time 
And it was always, they would give me a target time of like one minute before their death and then move me forward into their death and afterwards and have me view them. And uh, uh, in all of those that I did, I never found a ghost. However, mm-hmm. uh, I was raised Baptist. You know, you either go to heaven or hell. That's that's your two choices, and, you know, you just pick your choice. And uh, what I found out was that uh, some of those people went to what I would call heaven, uh, not not the heaven I learned in Sunday school, but, you know, what I would call heaven. Uh, some of them went to what I'd absolutely, definitely call hell. And some of them would reincarnate. And some of them would just quit existing altogether. And, wow. Uh, so, you know, what I learned from that was that... Uh, the different belief systems, you know, the atheist, you, you die, you die. Uh, and that's the only way. And the people who believe heaven or hell, that's the only way. And the people who believe in carnation, reincarnation, that's the only way. Where they're wrong is that they believe it's the only way. <laughs> right. Uh, and it's, it's just not the only way, you know. You know, one of the things I remember you talking about that was you had said um, that they had, uh, I guess, you had viewed somebody a minute after they passed, and yeah. then they would move you to two minutes, two weeks, two months, whatever. Sometimes you saw nothing until about 13, 12 or 13. Do you remember so, that? Those who reincarnated. Hmm. Uh, those always seem to reincarnate into a 12 or 13 year old kid, not mm-hmm. into a uh, the ones that were given to me. Uh, they none of those reincarnated into a baby, and I just always wondered if that's where the all of the different cultures have realized that you know the coming of age ceremony and all that, I've just always wondered if uh, there was a whole lot more to that than just meets the eye, you know, if if maybe they, in ancient cultures, they knew that at that age, for some, for some kids, uh, all of a sudden the spirit just reincarnates into them. That's that's interesting. I think you're right. There always seems to be something, some some sort of truth to to the things along the way in life. And I guess yeah. along the way we've forgotten what the roots are. Um, yeah. So describe what you felt was was heaven. Uh, it was it was just amazing. I would I would you know get to that person at that point and uh and it was just indescribably beautiful and wonderful and uh i know for a lot of those targets i would i would just feel and i would would feel wonderful for a week after the session um for the ones that 
went to what I would call hell, uh, usually uh, they would give me, you know, the move forward into time. And within like a tenth of a second, I would just, uh, uh, just be kicked out of the session completely and just have, on some of them, I'd have nightmares for, for a week afterwards. Uh, oh. I mean, really, really horrible. And uh, uh, So what did you see? What did you see? Mainly a blackness, but it was a blackness that was so absolutely scary and just, just, uh, after you've experienced this, it, it's hard to describe. Uh, uh, you know, it, it told me one thing. Uh, I don't want to go that way when I die. <laughs> right, right. So can you try to put into words the heaven? I'm going to try to dig in deep there. I just want to get that visual if I can yeah. from you. Oh, yeah, it was, it was light. It was wonderful. Uh, there were people there who were happy and friendly. And, uh, uh, you know, I would, of course, I would be describing this and writing it down on paper the whole time. So this is not one of those where I uh, bilocated or had the perfect site integration. But... Um, you might not have come back if you did that. <laughs> I, I don't think I would have wanted to, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know uh, those feelings that you can get when you're doing those targets and you would, you know, bilocate and do some neat things. You told a story one time that I thought was amazing. So it was probably the first time that I was around you. You would just blow us away with with stories and I would I know I, I know I don't know what you remember of me in class but I would just look at you and I'd have another question and another question and another question. <laughs> <laughs> I could I I just had to know more but you had mentioned at one point where I I don't know who it was or anything but I remember you guys had realized at one point I guess as uh, maybe Ingo as well but you had realized that you could go in and view something for the military and you could be in that situation trying to get information. And then you started noticing that the people that were there in that situation, usually they couldn't see you, but at one point you saw that some people could see you. What was well, that about? Okay. Uh, yeah. One of the, reasons that uh, uh, the controlled remote viewing is uh, what was so uh, favored was the fact that you can't get caught. And so um, you can't get noticed if you're doing it correctly. And so, uh, you know, let's say you're spying on some classified facility over in another country, and they have guards walking around the perimeter with guard dogs and all that. And all of a sudden, the guard dog alerts. Well, other countries take this very seriously, and they're going to report that. 
And then the next day it gets reported and people get together who are leading some secret project and they say, oops, maybe we'd go to, better go to plan B. But with CRV, you can't get caught. The dog won't alert. And, uh, and so the information you get on plan A, they stick with plan A because they don't know they've been spied on. And, uh, and so the information remains good. And uh, so one of the big features about CRV is you don't get caught. Well, there are ET bases on the Earth, and uh, we were never officially, let me underscore the word officially, we were never officially tasked to view them. However, we did and, and, you know, counted them as practice sessions and all that. And uh, so one of the uh, AT bases especially, uh, Pat Price, one of the early, early people, had viewed this and had been caught by the aliens there. It scared him. He never viewed it again. He refused to view it again. And it was given to me. I didn't know, you know, it just, there's another targeting in an envelope. And uh, I got to that ET base, and the ETs there just basically came up. They said, look, we know you're here, and it's okay. Look around. See what you want. We're not hiding anything. And so I did. And... Uh, Come to find out, uh, uh, I we kind of got feedback, and uh, you know it was it was accurate. Yeah. So okay, did you buy locate on that one? Yeah, I did. That was one of those where I had perfect site integration, and uh, uh, mentally, okay, stress that mentally. Uh, yeah, I was. I was standing there. It was the one in the uh, uh, mountains down in northern Australia, and uh, I was standing there and uh, watching these these uh, ships come in and passengers unloading and loading and all that. The uh, ET base in uh, Australia seems to be the one that is uh, the sort of port of entry for friendly ETs, and uh, they come in and they land there first and then go out around the world. Uh, there's uh, there's another base like that, I think, on the moon. But uh, I know this, for a lot of people, this sounded crazy. No, but, we're with you. But, uh, yeah, the... Uh, were they the friendly ones? Uh, you said they were friendly, but were oh, yeah, they the they psychic were, they were ones? They were friendly ones, yeah. Uh -huh, yeah. They the friendly and, psychic uh, or friendly non-psychic? Oh, uh, well, obviously the psychic ones, yeah, because they, they picked up on me that I was there, huh. you know. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and they let me know, yeah, it's okay, you're, what, you're here, so what? Yeah. What are, were they the grays, tall grays? Oh, what, 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 uh, what, what did they look like? These weren't. Uh, they were. They were different. 
they were more humanoid. You know. <laughs> are you are you just blowing this off because you can't say? Or are you going to tell me? <laughs> you got to give me a description, or can you not? Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, you told too much, or? Well, yes, told too much. But um, <laughs> at the base, there are also humans working there. So you know. And were they actual humans, or were they more like? No, they I mean, were, did they, they were, ever live like an earthling? Yeah, there were actual humans working there, but uh, there are also oh. uh, many different species were coming in and leaving. Yeah. So that was that. That was like maybe someone that was born in Chicago, and now they're working on the base with the aliens. Well, um, that kind of thing. This this goes into a long thing. I don't know if we've got time for this, but yeah, um, yeah. When the what's being called the Anunnaki left, you know, uh, after being here and mining gold, and they, and they left, they took humans with them, mm. and uh, those humans have been on other planets working there, and many is you know just uh, service people, and uh, now. Um, there are those who are escaping and coming back, you know, and trying to blend in with the human population, not as spies for them, but simply because they want their freedom. They don't want to come in and they don't want to have any political power. They don't want to have anything else. They just want the little white cottage with a picket fence around it and, you know, four kids and a dog and and to live out their life here just happy as they can be, and that's all they want. They, they want to come back home. No, they don't want to go back home. They want to stay no. here. No, they want to come so, back home as, as earthlings, oh, yes, right? They come back home, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, for one thing, they're very concerned about... That, um, you know, the DNA test, the one, two, three, whatever, those DNA tests that have become a fad, uh, they're very concerned about who's paying attention to this little wedge on that thing that says other. Because in the centuries, there has been some different evolution going on because they've lived in a different planet. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.